Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. Week proceeding as normal. The usual stuff. Prepping for the next week's game and cleaning house and all that good stuff. Hey, I got an email. No, I didn't get an email. Actually, I got a voicemail. I got a voicemail from from Froth, and he wanted to allow, He wanted to talk about. He's four level draining, so he wanted to tell me about why he does it and things like that. That's okay. That's cool. That's what the program's for. Go ahead, Froth. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Froth here. I was listening to your vampire episode, enjoying it. Wanted to chime in on level drain and why I actually like it. Um, it adds a. I know it kind of sucks as a player, but it adds that fearsome, kind of terrifying aspect to Undead that kind of makes them something that players really want to avoid. And I think that really adds to the character and uh, kind of terrifying nature of them. Also, you know, so many times I'll have parties with, uh, you know, powerful clerics, high-level clerics. They get turned Undead, which really kind of... I know vampires are a little bit higher level, but it can really wipe out so many Undead and make it so much easier that... Um, I think it kind of balances out in that sense. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks, but uh, it really adds that, like I say, that fear, that terrifying flavor to the undead that I think is important. Thank you, Froth. First time call in, and I thank you for that. Yeah, I understand your point, but I also feel that if I have a vampire that drains blood, he can kill people quicker than draining levels. Now, I've been ambivalent about level drain. I had to review my old show. I believe it was episode 125 called Drano, where I talk about how I didn't like drains. I came down against it, but I'm always going to be fighting about it in my mind. The reason being is more critters than vampires drain levels. And they do in different ways, usually by touch or by damage or something like that. So that's something that you have to take into consideration. I, in fact, I'm going to talk about whites. So that's something you have to take into account. Uh, And also, my game, I've converted over from experience points to adventure-based leveling. And I'm still trying to work that out. So if you get drained, if I do the straight hit points for vampires, that's no problem. But if I'm doing other critters or I want to use level type draining for vampires, I have to kind of like, okay, how's this going to work? How much much life energy do they lose? So there's that. And I'm still working on that. I know there's a way of doing it with it. Because I like adventure-based leveling. It's a lot quicker, and it's also I, I'm going to esta- I'm going to establish a protocol for it. But right now, it's kind of arbitrary. Me being the game master, arbitrary. My our other game master, Carlos, all, already does adventure-based leveling. When we went through Curse of Strahd and Tomb of Annihilation, he was doing that too. He says, "Okay, you guys go up a level." Like after four or five sessions. Swords of Wizardry Light has a way of doing it, so I'm going to kind of probably model it after that. I know there's games that have variable EP leveling 
of different classes, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway, back to the point. Yeah, level draining for me is always going to be a bugaboo. Even if I solve it to a certain extent, there's always going to be those exceptions out there. So anyway, thank you for that. Thank you for that voicemail. I really appreciate that. You folks can voicemail me too, and I'll tell you about it at the end of the show. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about whites. Now we're getting into some more powerful undead. See, white is like one step up to me from like a zombie or a or a ghoul. In fact, it reminds me of a ghoul that doesn't eat. Doesn't eat flesh. And one thing I I kind of fault D&D for, old D&D, new D&D, whatever, is when they get into the undead, somebody always wants to create a new undead, and they get so specific about the undead because all the other ones have been done. So you've got an undead called this, who was a guy who was people who were hung unjustly, or this, who uh, a woman who was cheated on and she died and she comes back as this. You know, that can fit into the Wraith White, Ghost, whatever pantheon, but people always want to come up with something original and interesting. You got to look at the stats, you got to see what the thing does. And it's great for, it's great for like different campaigns where they can actually customize the undead if it's going to be like the main thing customize it but at the same time you got so many specific and it starts looking the same i looked at white and then i look at wraith and i'm going okay one's this way one's that way but they're kind of sort of the same thing and i'll get into that when i do wraith so let, let's talk about whites i, I look through whites in in various in various books and to me Pulling a white out onto a player character party kind of gives them the signal that stuff's getting real and it's getting dangerous because, like I said, these are like ghouls with a worse attitude. In fact, in the first edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, they come right out in the first paragraph and say, the term white has lost its old meaning of a person and come to stand for those undead humans who typically inhabit borrow mounds or catacombs. These creatures are most evil and hateful, seeking to destroy any life form they encounter. They shun bright lights and hate sunlight. And they don't really say... I looked in the other books, and they kind of say they're basically... They're like zombies. They're, a spirit is inhabited a dead body and brought it back to life. Now, this is different from a zombie where somebody creates a zombie. This happens naturally. Say some spirit was angry in life and angry in death and he goes into Joe Joe Carpenter who died and he's laying on a slab waiting to get buried and he comes back to life and starts you know killing things it, it apparently apparently it doesn't need it doesn't need to eat flesh because these things since they're inhabited by another spirit they exist simultaneously on the normal and negative planes so you so you got they only get affected by silver and magical weapons and they drain levels because they are connected to the negative plane which sucks the life out of things. That's what the negative plane does. That's why I'm saying this you got you got to look at this it gets down to undead you got to look at specifics 
because that's just the way it goes. And, you know, they've they got a decent armor class, five. And 4.3 hit dice, not too shabby. They're not the tougher ones, but they're getting tougher. As far as the pl players, when the, when the party gets in higher levels, this is the kind of stuff you want to throw at them once in a while. And I would do like a white to see how they handle it. See, my, my thing, I like mummies. I do like mummies, but whites work too. Whites are, and we'll, I'll get to the mummies in another show. They don't, they're not affected by sleep, charm, hold, or cold-based spells. And you can't poison or paralyze them. Holy water will do damage. 2d8. 2 to 8. I'm sorry, 2 to 8. And uh, if you raise dead on it, boom, it's destroyed. The spirit vanishes. And if anybody gets drained down all of your life essence levels or whatever, you, they become a white too. They'll be, they'll be under the control of the main white and have strength for a while. And you know how, think vampire, you know how, you know how, you know how the song goes. But whites are, like I said in the previous episode, I like to use, I was talking about ghouls versus zombies. I like to use ghouls as shock troops. Well, these are, let me see, let me see the intelligence on these things. You got to watch it because sometimes you want to use something as a leader or something like that. You look and I go, ooh, intelligence low. And these things have, they have average intelligence. So you can give them orders. You can, they can carry stuff out if they're, if they choose to. I, I'm thinking there's an undead hierarchy in a game world. There doesn't have to be, but for the most part, a white will follow, say, a vampire or a lich or something higher than them to a certain extent. So, and especially if something like the vampire or the lich can control the spirit within, maybe they knew this person, maybe they knew this spirit that died, and they can use them to that end, they would, they would make good field generals or field captains, I should say out there you know send send him with the orders he can it's got average intelligence so you can give them i'm not saying you're gonna give them you know complicated orders but it's like okay go over there see those pcs over there in the camp take that hill here's your men go here's some zombies and skeletons go and throw a couple of those at them. Like I said, if I first start out with, and they're starting to get up in level if they're in a dungeon i'd throw a white at them and see what happens because to me, it's always about testing the players, uh, testing the characters, I should say, and that's the kind of that's the way I would run. In fact, that's a good rule of thumb for any kind of monster. You start when you know when when they're going up in level. Yeah, you're trying to make adventures or get modules or what consummate to what they're doing, to where they are at that time, and part of that. In fact, I find this kind of fun because I like to. I like to test my players, test the characters, and see just how much I can throw at them. I'm not going to get ridiculous about it, but if they're mopping the floor with six orcs, next time I'm throwing 15 orcs at them and see what happens. 
my rule of thumb is if I can get one player character to get near death, they don't have to die. If they die, they die. But there's always something in the group where somebody, oh, I got a healing spell, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if I can get them like down to, say, negative hit, a couple of negative hit points or even like one hit point, I've done my job. That I'm, I found, I found the benchmark right there. Okay, they're at this level; they can take this kind of thing. See that? That's why I'm. You're talking about a guy who doesn't like, you know, you're talking about a guy who doesn't like challenge ratings and things like that. Balancing encounters. That's how I balance encounters. You know, it's the levels, total levels of the party versus the total hit dice of the monsters, and it's also like, okay, throw that at them. Okay, they beat that. Throw a little more at them, bigger, and you just keep going. I, I that's that's how you do it. Anyway, whites, go go ahead and use them. I'd like to hear about what you have to say about it. Why don't you drop me a voicemail here, or rather at Anchor, or you can always drop me an email at oldmangrognard@gmail.com. And we are monetized now, so as little as ninety nine cents a month, you can help support this program. And I would thank you. And thank you, Georges, my one supporter, my one guy. I hope I got your name right. So I'm going to go start my day. So until I talk to you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. <laughs>